Super excited to have the conversation, Armani. Uh, really ultimately excited about what you're building and uh, appreciate that we can do this in person. Yeah, uh, happy to be here. Um, no, it's, it's I, 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 we were just talking and I haven't been able to do the podcast in person for a little bit and a little bit harder to coordinate and do, but uh, they're always more fun conversations in my opinion. So glad we can make it happen. Um, yeah, so I would love to, yeah, ultimately just start off. Let's, let's start off just, I would say your background and just like specifically what got you interested in engineering. And then ultimately, uh, let's talk about what you're building, uh, now currently with Coral and Backpack. Yeah. So, um, I don't know what got me interested in engineering. I think like maybe the first piece of code I ever wrote, um, was, like back in the MySpace days, really? if you want to count that. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, when you had these like profiles where you can like kind of edit um, HTML and CSS and customize the kind of like the layout and, and the colors and the fonts and all this stuff. Um, and that was like maybe the first like real like kind of piece of what you might call it code, I suppose. I mean, like, I don't know if like people actually would consider that programming, but that was probably like the first time I ever like saw like what code was. Um, but I didn't really pick it up like too seriously until um, until I got into university, mm-hmm. um, where like you know started learning about computer science. I was like originally going to be a math major, um, and you know took some CS courses um, and just found them like super fun and compelling and like rewarding to be able to see like kind of things that you build immediately like pop up in front of your eyes and get that like instant like satisfaction. Um, and so yeah, I don't know. It, it wasn't really like. A, a particularly like interesting story other than like, yeah, I started coding and, um, you know, it, it was a lot of fun and, and kind of just had like a normal path of like uni to like big tech company. And then now in a crypto. Nice. Yeah. I, my space, that is funny. I, I, I wasn't a cool kid enough to, uh, learn how to kind of change the HTML on MySpace, but, uh, I, I figured out how to like print hello world in Python. And I was like, this is sweet. <laughs> so no, I always find it fascinating just kind of people's journey. But uh, yeah, I, I, I guess uh, moving forward to today, what inspired you ultimately uh, to deep dive, ultimately building Coral, um, building Anchor and uh, now with your work at Backpack? Yeah, so I mean, the story behind Coral really was just like a natural progression of a lot of the work that we were already doing on Solana. So Spence, I suppose I came into Solana in September 2020 um, and basically spent the past two years working on just anything that I thought was like super important for kind of like the success of the ecosystem. Um, and like maybe the first like really good example of that was like kind of the, the anchor framework. Um, and, you know, we've talked a lot about this kind of publicly, but uh, really the story of anchor was um, a story of like existential crisis as an individual developer trying to like build something on the network um, where you had this really tough programming model um, that um, in my view, like nobody was really going to use um, uh, to, um, you know, build smart contracts on Solana, Um, whether that reason was because it was like too difficult or too cumbersome, or whether that reason was that it would create like, you know, a bunch of, you know, insecure, exploitable smart contracts. Um, 
And it wasn't a particularly like insightful project in my opinion. It was something that like kind of obviously had to be built. Um, and I kind of just like asked around and, 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 you know, went into the discord, the Solana discord, um, with like all the core devs and like asked like, Hey, is there going to be any code generation? Like, um, I think at the time there wasn't even Solana, the Solana like programming um, frameworks weren't actually, they didn't have the right Rust version to actually even use macros um, inside of the, inside of the runtime. Um, and so like, yeah, you can, you can even use macros, let alone build something uh, like Anchor. Um, and they basically just said like, oh yeah, you know, um, we'll introduce macros, but we have no plan on, on, on um, creating a framework. We would love for somebody else to do it. Um, and, you know, um, I think I kind of just like took it upon myself to, to kind of solve that problem, um, which ended up, you know, you know, I think like lowering the bar for individual developers to come into the space and like build cool stuff. It was huge. Uh, yeah. It was massive. Uh, just being able to take it one level higher, uh, I think really spurred a lot of engineers to ultimately deep dive or start to come into the Solana ecosystem. Kind of similar, in my opinion, to like what we saw with like Candy Machine. Um, so it's definitely a part of Solana's history. Yeah, 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 definitely part of Solana's history. And then, you know, fast forwarding to kind of like, you know, the more recent present, um, the story of Coral is like, well, we're already doing all this stuff. We're building Anchor. Let's just like, form, you know, I was doing this like as a, a develop, like, you know, kind of like a, a single uh, developer. Um, and I wanted to build a team um, to just like tackle like more problems and like just like output, output more like kind of cool stuff. Um, and so, you know, um, started kind of down the path of like building Coral. First, it was like, okay, let's get more devs to building on Anchor. Um, there was like a couple of experiments we tried. Um, there was like, you know, um, APR in, in the program registry for like kind of um, automatically like verifying um, bytecode on the blockchain. Um, and, you know, during that whole process was just like continuously thinking about like, well, what is like the most impactful like thing for me to do? Like, how do we like 10x the number of transactions or 10x the number of users? Um, on, on Solana or just in crypto in general. Um, and went down this like kind of like windy path of like thinking about, um, you know, uh, well, you know, what is like the main like kind of, uh, what, what are the main like kind of like uh, problems to solve, right? And, you know, eventually like landed on like wallets because wallets being are like kind of like the central um, interface that everybody interacts with, right? It doesn't matter if you're like buying something on Magic Eden or you're trading on an exchange um, or you're kind of like, you know, um, simply just like looking at prices, right? Yeah. Um, everybody just interacts with the wallet. And so you start thinking about a wallet and you start thinking about, oh, like, you know, how do we, you know, make wallets kind of accessible to normal people, right? Um, and this is like kind of the, the obvious question that basically everybody asks, right? And, and you start thinking about things like, you know, mnemonics and key recovery. Um, you start thinking about wallet security and phishing attacks and you, and you immediately start thinking about security. Um, and I think this is like the starting point for a lot of people that think about wallets. Um, and, and so kind of, you know, I too, like, you know, started down this path and kind of, you know, you always kind of, when you're thinking about how to build new things, right, you're always like starting from like um, the present and then kind of like spiraling out from, from the present. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I think um, I, I once saw this talk, maybe not to digress too much, about from um, one of like the
like the core devs of of Rust. Um, and he like talks about like research innovation in, in kind of this manner is like, you know, you always start from like something that you know, and then you like kind of like iterate and spiral out into something that you don't know. Um, and then you like kind of come back in eventually into, until you like hone in on this like new kind of um, kind of innovate, innovative like idea. Um, and we kind of did this with wallets, right? So we, we started with like, you know, um, wallet security. And, and when you think about wallet security, you think about things like, you know, I said mnemonic recovery, um, but you start thinking about smart contract wallets. So we, we made this like whole design of like, well, how do we do a smart contract wallet on Solana? Um, and you have things like 2FA, you have things like a dead man switch, um, where if I like lose my keys, I can, you know, still get the money back um, or the tokens back. You think about things like social recovery um, and, you know, sharding, um, you know, keys across friends. Um, and you can make like a pretty like, um, you know, coherent, um, uh, secure design with, with, with smart contract wallets that I think um, would definitely like help a lot with wallet security. But then you have to ask yourself the question, well, you know, um, you know, as um, somebody that wants to make a business out of this, right, is this going to be enough to be a 10x improvement um, on, on the status quo? And do people yeah. actually care about this? Is this going to be important enough? And I think the answer is like, I don't know, probably like that, that, that might be, um, it might be like a 5x improvement, 2x improvement, depending upon who you ask and depending upon like what's going on in the world. Um, I think like when the slow hack happened, um, that was like a very timely moment moment where if you had like a secure smart contract wallet, that would have been enough to go to market. Um, but I kind of came to the conclusion that it wasn't enough. Um, and, and, and so basically, you know, started thinking more and more about wallets and kind of like the next conclusion you come to um, when you think about wallets is, well, you know, wallets are like just very obviously a multi-chain product. Um, it's kind of like a phone, right? It's like nobody wants to have, um, you know, a, an extension or an app which does the same thing, um, but for every different blockchain with, you know, you know, 10 different apps, right? I don't want to have both MetaMask and Phantom. Um, I just want to have a single a single application. Yeah. And so this to me is just like kind of a fundamental like uh, truth of the product. Um, and so you start thinking about, well, like how do I build a multi-chain wallet, right? And, you know, you think about bridging, you think about like showing tokens, um, but really the challenge that you come to is that like you have all of these different protocols on all these different blockchains um, and, and simply hard coding these protocols um, in the way that they're done today simply doesn't scale, right? Um, and what you really need is you need a plug-in system. Um, you need the ability for developers to um, be able to use some tools and be able to permissionless, permissionlessly launch stuff on the platform, right? In the same way that you do this with phones today, um, or in the same way you do this with any plugin system, basically. Um, and so this is kind of like the thought process that leads you down, like kind of what I would consider like an obvious path, right? And this is what leads you down to XNFTs, right? Um, where fundamentally XNFTs are basically, they're a plugin system um, for any type of um, app that has a wall that has private keys associated with it. So, you know, the starting point for us uh, is is a wallet, right? Um, and so this is like kind of like the next like important kind of like like to me obvious like thing to build. Yeah. Um, so you start with security and then then you end up at kind of a plugin system in the form of uh, of XNFTs. Um, but then you know you, you start you start thinking about it some more um, and you start thinking about okay well like if I jump like kind of you know you know five years five years into the future like what is like going to be the end state of all this stuff right? And it's like okay security yes multi chain yes. Um, but the third kind of like maybe subtle thing to consider is like, well, what happens um, when things like Saga go mainstream, 
what happens when um, the private keys aren't are no longer owned at the application layer, but they're actually owned um, by the operating system or inside of like a secure enclave? Um, and the moment that happens, um, the world starts looking very differently. Um, you no longer have these companies like Phantom or MetaMask or, or, or Slope or whatever wallet you you, uh, you might want to point out, not to pick on any of them in particular. But you no longer have this situation where you have these companies owning your keys. Mm -hmm. um, you actually have the you know the operating system or this the the trusted component of, of basically your entire kind of digital life um, owning owning your keys. And at that point, kind of the value proposition of a lot of these wallets kind of goes out the window. Um, and it's no longer about like having this secure, trusted piece of software. Um, which at the moment is the extension or at the moment is your wallet, um, that trusted piece of software, that attack service shrinks and it goes down back down to the operating system. And the moment that happens, um, then what is a wallet, right? What, what are these systems, right? Um, and from, from my perspective, you know, wallets as of today, they're basically asset dashboards. Um, that's not the reason why people use them. Um, they use them because it's the trusted component. But the moment you take that trusted component away and you give it back to the operating system, it, it's basically just a dashboard at that point. So from my perspective, um, you know, the next generation of wallets, they can't simply just be asset dashboards. They need to be consumer first. They need to be consumer applications. And like a good kind of um, analogy to, to, to look at it for applications that are built this way are things like, um, like Stepin. So, so Stepin, um, you, you think of Stepin, you don't think of it as a wallet, right? You, you think of it as like, you know, a fitness app or, you know, a, a walk to earn app or a game or whatever, you know, you want to call it, right? Yeah. Um, and, and I think this is like mostly the right way to think about kind of um, the way wallet should be built um, in the sense that like, okay, it man it had, there's private keys in it. Um, it manages assets, but that's not the reason you use it. You use it for some totally other reason other than asset management. Um, yeah. No, I I love the story. Ultimately, how how long did it kind of take you to go through this idea maze? Yeah, I mean, I would still say we're going we're still going through the idea maze. I think like the whole concept of XNFTs and what we're trying to do with Backpack is itself kind of um, an unfinished story. Yeah. Um, but in terms of like how we got to or the time it took to get us to where we are today. Um, I don't know. That's a good question. I would say like maybe like three to six months. Um, yeah, it, it's been a continuous process for yeah. sure. That's impressive. Uh, I love the thought process and ultimately uh, kind of continuing to pull on the thread and trying to figure out where it's going to go. I uh, We were just talking earlier, uh, Adam and I, about... Um, well, kind of the duopoly with uh, Google and Apple and not being able to essentially have uh, access to the secure enclave. Uh, and ultimately, how Slana and uh, building the phone and being able to have essentially a dedicated um, crypto first experience uh, kind of changes the game. And I, I love the point of view of ultimately, once you have the abstraction or give the private keys back to the operating system, how does that change the one developer experience, but also the user experience? Super interesting. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think, um, uh, yeah, I, I think maybe a point that hasn't been thought about too much by a lot of the wallet companies is that 
the, the operating system and the phone manufacturers will be competing with wallets. Um, yep. And I think Apple um, will, it's going to be hard to compete with, with, with Apple on the dimension of like native integration for like the most secure component of your, of your digital kind of identity. Um, and that's like maybe a battle not worth, not worth fighting. Um, and so like the way the approach that we've taken is, well, um, we want to build kind of layers on top of all of that stuff. We don't want to necessarily be the, the team that owns or controls um, or has a moat on your private keys. We want to be the team that is providing um, a rich kind of application ecosystem and developer tooling um, and social kind of features um, kind of in, in, in a way that's like maybe directionally speaking, like closer to like what Facebook or Twitter um, like kind of did for Web2, um, or at least kind of like abstractly speaking, what Twitter could have done for Web2 in the sense that like they could have provided like a platform and been an open an open API. Um, and so like, you know, maybe fast forwarding to kind of like the way I'm thinking about Backpack today, um, you know, like one of the kind of um, kind of stories I like to tell or, or ways to like position the conversation. Um, and, and this is going to sound like maybe um, a bit of an ambitious analogy. So like bear with me for a moment, but I think, I think it makes sense. Um, but if we like go back in time um, and, and kind of take a look at like the messaging behind kind of the iPhone when it first launched, like um, what was like the story Steve Jobs was telling people? Like what did, what did he, how did he describe it? He basically said, okay, it's like the internet in your pocket, right? Um, it's like, okay, well, like what does that mean, right? It's like, it's an iPhone. It's like, oh, is it a switch? Is it a router? Um, is it a browser? Um, you know, what is it, right? And he's like, oh, no, 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 no. It's not, it's not other things. It's a phone, right? And it's like this like obvious like kind of thing to like attach onto, right? Um, and and it, it's a phone and it's like, you can make calls, you can, you can, text people, um, um, but it's not just a phone, right? It's so, it's so much more than a phone, right? You have your calendar on there, you have you know, your contacts on there, you have a browser like Safari on there, you have this rich um, developer ecosystem with all these tools um, so that you can build like a next generation of like applications. Um, and not only that, but you had this app store and the app store was like a really big deal, um, not just because you know, it was like on your phone and, and because it was like native, um, but I don't know if you remember at the time, like. Um, there was just like viruses everywhere. It was so easy to like go to a website and just like get like, you know, attacked in the same way that we see today uh, with crypto, right? Um, you know, you I, I like would constantly like brick computers or like, you know, download <laughs> something on LimeWire, some, some music yeah. or something and, and my computer would just like freeze and that would be that, right? Um, and it, when the App Store was introduced, it, it introduces like level of curation, right? This level of, of quality to your um, application experiences. Um, and, and this was something Thing that was like maybe a bit underappreciated, right? Because it it turned kind of your ability to use the internet from this like kind of like um, you had to be like a technical maybe like you know um, person that kind of knew about like how the internet worked and knew about like viruses and knew how to how computers worked. And you no longer had to like be like that, right? You kind of just can just use the app store and download apps. And if you and if you see Twitter or Instagram or Facebook or whatever, um, you don't really think twice, right? You just download it, use it, and like you know log in with your email and password. And you're off to the races, yeah. um, and that's not like kind of where we're at today with Web three, right? You very know, far from it. Very far from it, right? <laughs> People are constantly on edge, constantly looking out for attacks, um, and and. You know, in spite of everybody's best efforts, people are constantly, you know, 
getting the analog of viruses, but instead of it's virus, it's like a wallet drain. Um, And so you're telling a story about like, you know, the iPhone, it's like, okay, it's starting to make sense, right? It's not just a phone, but it's actually this smartphone, right? It's like, there's all this stuff. It connects to the internet. You have this rich developer application ecosystem. Um, You have this like great um, kind of security um, uh, isolation for applications and this great um, um, curation in the app store and the review process, uh, which we can get to later. Um, And it's all starting to like make a bit more sense um and, and um you know i think like you know if you ask yourself like well what is iphone right it's like well it's hard to tell like a, a one-liner about it right so like it's all these things that come together and it's like well what is an iphone well it's not really phone it's just, it's just an iphone right um it's like okay like i don't really know how to say that in like a single sentence but like i still get what it means right um it's like kind of in a category of its own um and the way i think about backpack it's like at least what we're trying to do is something like very similar. And so you like make some kind of rough analogies here. So it's like the starting point for backpack is the wallet, right? Um, but it's a wallet insofar as like, you know, iPhone is a phone, right? It's kind of, you know, it, it's a core part of the application, but it's really just table stakes. Mm-hmm. Um, and on top of kind of, you know, the wallet, we've done something similar in that we've introduced this like cross-chain plugin system, right? In the form of, of XNFTs, where you have this great UI UX um, for, you know, building, um, you know, either applications that are cross-chain or digital collectibles with this like very native token-gated experience. Um, And not only do we have this like developer framework and this like ecosystem of XNFTs, uh, but we also have this like XNFT store, right? So this ability to like have this curated experience on top of this permissionless protocol. Um, And this is just super important for getting like mom and dad and grandma and grandpa to be able to like use this stuff, right? When I say like Magic Eden, I need to like be able to guarantee that it's Magic Eden, right? Whether it's like URL validation or whether it's XNFT, like, you know, um, you know, publisher validation, that like uh, piece of infrastructure is, is, is super important. Um, and, and you're telling the story about backpack and XNFTs. And like, this is like really kind of like a, a great starting point. Right. Um, and up until this point, we've really been focused on XNFTs as applications, um, but kind of like the whole next phase of the project um, is really going to be emphasize or it's going to be utilizing these like low level primitives that we built, right? This smart contract, this developer framework, um, this store and curated me- creation mechanism, these cross chain APIs, this wallet, um, and it's all going to come together to be able to then build experiences for XNFTs as digital collectibles. It's like okay, well, like what does that mean, right? Like like uh, that's like a, you know a, a word salad, right? Um, and, and XNFTs as digital collectibles to me really means. Um, native applications that are infused into the artwork itself where um, digital communities can come together and do like amazing things. So like imagine this like kind of experience where you open up your wallet, you click on the collectibles tab, um, you look at your D-God and when you click on your D-God, you don't see like this like token metadata, um, but instead you see your entire like community hub or you see your entire, you see a holders chat or you see a merchandise store or you see a creator specific marketplace or you have your Twitter spaces in there um, or a game or whatever it is that you might want to do that's like native to your community. Um, that application is infused into the artwork itself. Um, so when you buy and sell this like um, NFT on Magic Eden, um, you load it in the backpack, what you actually get is this like very um, kind of um, kind of magical experience where you get like brought into the community hub or, or the, you know, the, 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 you, you get brought into kind of the, the digital experience that the creator um, wants to provide for you. And this creates like a bunch of new kind of, um, um, you know, 
routes for innovation where, you know, you not only now have the ability to like build all this stuff in like a, a very like wallet native way, um, but you also have this new dimension of rarity that is introduced where, you know, and you can kind of like take the conversation in many different ways. Uh, but I think that's kind of like a bit where we're at today um, with like the whole like XNFT backpack stack. That's beautiful. Uh, a lot to parse apart. Uh, no, I, I think ultimately I... I admire that you took kind of the wallet approach uh, because I do th ultimately, I mean, outside of exchanges, the wallets, when Web3 becomes the standard and holding your private keys uh, is kind of the norm and having your own assets, being able to have that like core functionality, I believe is remains the hurdle for onboarding more users today. Uh, that private key management is just very difficult, but once it is abstracted at the operating system and thinking about how does that kind of flip uh, the narrative and what applications look like is super interesting. Yeah, I think um, I think the other like component, so there's like this whole conversation around private key management and, and how to make that intuitive. And, and there's a lot of like really like compelling like pieces of tech and companies that have been built around this problem. Things like Web3 Auth, things like uh, Coinbase has some like really compelling MPC technology. Um, and I think there's like a lot of teams that are, that are solving that problem pretty well. Um, but maybe like one of the other problems that isn't being tackled by too many teams um, or at least not in ways that I think have been like really compelling um, and that what we're, we're, we're really trying to innovate on is um, making Web3 kind of um, built for humans yep. um, in a way where, um, you know, you see not a bunch of public keys and, and this concept like of transaction signing, but what do you, you see like humans um, and you see um, like, you know, um, user experiences and, and journeys that make sense to, to people. So when I like send money from me to you, um, I shouldn't like, you know, have to like open up my phone and, and message you and say, oh, yeah, what's your, um, you know, what's your address, right? And then you copy your address over and I put it into uh, my, my MetaMask and, and I send you a penny and I say, hey, you know, you know, Logan, like, you know, um, did you get the penny, right? And you're like, oh, yeah, I got the penny. Uh, and then I'm like, great, I'll send the rest of the tokens, right? And it's kind of this like really silly kind of experience that we're all used to and we all do and we all continue to do. Yeah. Um, and but instead, you know, I should be able to just like type in kind of Logan and, and I should see like your name. I should see that we're friends um, and I should just like click send, do it all immediately. Um, and um, and that should be that. Right. I shouldn't have to think twice about it. Um, and this is like really like the experience that we're trying to build um, into Backpack. So on top of like all of this. Um, like Web3 crypto native stuff, right? We've, I've talked about a lot of like kind of various, you know, um, technologies that we're building with like with a wallet and XNFTs. Um, but the other kind of like big kind of um, experiment that we're running is we're, we had this concept of like cross-chain uh, identity um, where you have a user profile, you have a profile picture, um, and you have um, this formalization of these social graphs that already exist in Web3, right? We're all already on Twitter. Um, we're already in Discords formulate, or, um, forming around these 
um, you know, NFT profile picture communities, these 10K collections. Um, and so what we're trying to do um, in addition to all this stuff is like build the primitives to hook into all this stuff. Yeah. Um, so that when you use Backpack, I can, um, you know, and I can, when I click on my NFT, I'm like right there in a holder's chat. And if I want to do like an OTC trade for of my DGOD for your SMB, um, I can do it right there inside of the holder's chat. Or if we want to take the conversation private, I can DM you directly. Um, and not only can I do this with my NFTs, but I actually can hook into it um, as APIs for any XNFT developer to be able to build these social first experiences uh, on Web3. So what we're really trying to do is like kind of formalize and build these structures um, to kind of utilize this kind of like currently amorph, amorphous like cross-chain topology of like people or this social graph that people like to talk about in Web2, um, but to really, you know, formalize it with kind of tools and structures in Web3 um, so that we can have this, these like types of human first um, user experiences. Yeah, I, I love that. I mean, ultimately, the fact that you have to kind of be a crypto native and even like, as you mentioned, do the test transaction and then send the full amount, like all these things today are kind of the standard, but to continue to onboard, I mean, hundreds of millions or ultimately get to that point and then billions, we're, we're going to need that human first uh, approach. Uh, why, I guess my question, uh, it, why ultimately if um, like doing the cross chain stuff, um, taking that human first approach, uh, building uh, XNFTs, building it kind of, uh, building those group chats, have other people not thought about this or why is, why is backpack kind of the first approach? Is it a technical challenge? Uh, what are you guys doing that's uniquely different from like the, the rest? Yeah, that's a great question. I find myself asking this question, um, every day for, <laughs> for a lot of, of things, right? And I've, I've been asking myself this question ever since I like came into, into crypto. Um, I think from the outside, um, you see like a lot of hype, a lot of marketing, a lot of tweeting, um, and you think everybody's doing all these amazing things. Uh, and there are, to be clear, a lot of people doing a lot of amazing things. Um, but when you get on the inside, um, and like when I say inside, there's not like some like secret like all of like 10 people that are like running like, you know, the, the cryptocurrencies, right? But when you actually like get into the space and you build a network and you start you know, interacting with people on crypto Twitter and you go to some conferences and you start looking through the code bases, right? Um, you start realizing that there's actually not that many people um, that have, I don't know if it's the, the ability or the desire um, to, to actually execute on some of this stuff. Um, and I don't think this is like really specific to crypto. I think that this applies just in general to the world. Um, and I think like uh, there's just tons of experiments that just simply haven't been tried um, that people should just try. And I think there's just tons of green field um, and tons of innovation that just is untapped. Like I give you just like endless examples of this, of just stuff people should just try. Yeah. So like, here, here's like a very simple example. Um, yeah, yesterday I tweeted that Backpack now has multiple mnemonic support. Um, and um, to my knowledge, we're the first wallet, at least on Solana, to have done this. I, I've yet to see a wallet on any blockchain to have done this. So, um, and, you know, um, it, and I don't really understand why, because it, it's, it's not really hard to do. It's just like, oh, it's, nobody thought it was important enough. Um, or maybe there's accumulated technical debt. 
Um, or maybe like some of the big wallet companies are just so big now that like they don't care. Um, or maybe they're just the, their code bases are like ossifying and, and they don't want to like make big breaking changes. I don't know what it is. Um, but that is like a very small thing that is like, well, you know, why haven't people done this? Right. Um, but then, you know, m maybe some people have done it. Right. But they didn't ship it. Um, or maybe some people have done it um, and they didn't have the right like UI UX for it. And they're like, oh, they decided, oh, um, I couldn't figure out how to like make this intuitive to users. Therefore, it's like a bad idea. Yeah. Um, and I think um, that is like a common explanation for why a lot of stuff doesn't get done is because people try stuff um, and it fails and then they come to the conclusion, oh, because they couldn't do it. Um, like nobody can do it. Right. Um, and people kind of like see that and they're like, oh, they tried this experiment of doing like a social Web3 network or whatever. And and therefore all social all, all Web3 social networks aren't, don't work. Right. Yeah. Um, and I think that's like um, maybe a, a trap a lot of folks fall into but like you know there's tons of examples of this right here i, I give you like a good another good one that's just like um it's super simple um and i've been talking about this i think for the past like two years and nobody's done it which is like a simp to transform transfers token transfers from a, a push model into a pull model so what do i mean by that so i think describe this experience like sending tokens from me to you earlier right um but i actually think that's like not the right way to do it at least not for like large transfers if i'm sending you like a dollar or like you know ten dollars i'm like i'm sure i'll just send it into the void and if i type in the wrong address whatever um but really what should happen is like i should send money from not to you directly but i should send it into an escrow account so the user experience should be oh you know i here, send Logan a thousand dollars, right? Um, and you should get a notification that says, "Oh, Armani wants to send you a thousand dollars. Would you like to accept?" Right? And you can click yes or no. Um, and then if you click yes, then like you know maybe the money goes through, or maybe you know I get one more notification that says he accepted. Do you want to confirm and finalize? Then I'll like click finalize or whatever, right? But you have this like protocol, this like handshake um, that it's a very simple idea. Yeah. Uh, but if you did this, I think you would just solve a lot of. Um, token loss like problems, right? Um, because, you know, at any point, if you type in the wrong address or you did the wrong amount um, or if somebody didn't like follow through with their side of the deal or whatever, you could always just cancel the transfer and, and go on with your life and not worry about it, right? But this is such a simple idea. Um, and again, Backpack is just going to be like the first team to do it. And I, like, I, I don't know why. <laughs> um, so uh, I, to answer your question, like why aren't people doing these things? They seem so obvious. Yeah. Um, I would say, yes, I agree with you. These are all very <laughs> obvious things. I don't know why people are doing these things. Uh, but it's the same story of Anchor, right? Anchor was just, to me, just super obvious. It wasn't insightful. Um, maybe there was some like, you know, maybe some clever like things we did in, in, in the implementation or in the design. Uh, but at a high level, it's just like the obvious thing to do. Um, and I kind of view Backpack as kind of the same, as the same story. Nice. Very cool. Um, no, I being being able to like iterate. I mean, I, I ultimately I admire people who can ship things. Uh, it's very hard. Uh, ideas are much easier, uh, but actually getting things done and whether it works or not. I mean, shipping something into the world and creating that is very hard. And even going back. Uh, to my earlier conversation, even with like artists, like being able to put yourself out there uh, is difficult. Um, at Tesla is interesting because they're always like, what you're building is probably wrong initially. Uh, and your goal is to be less wrong. So what you should do is just ship as fast as possible, fast as possible and iterate as fast as possible. And then eventually you'll get there. Uh, but it, it is interesting. I think crypto ultimately being, I guess, 
kind of a little bit more liquid uh, than kind of traditional companies can have some maybe adverse effects to people not wanting to build as much. But no, it's refreshing and exciting to see what you and Backpack team are ultimately building with the human focus uh, front and center. Yeah, I think, um, I mean, you touched on like a, a, a subtle question, which maybe I don't have the answer to, but it is an interesting thing to consider, which is to say like the incentive structures in Web3, I think are, are, are interesting, right? Particularly around like token projects. Yeah. Um, I think like for the most part, like the incentive structure for traditional companies is like, um, is correct um, in the sense that like, oh, you, you, form, you form a company and um, that equity is worth, you know, either zero dollars um, in the case that like you don't like create value for the world. Um, it might be worth a billion dollars in the case that you, you know, join the like Olympic competition of VC backed startups, um, in which case you have this like kind of bulwark of society where you're like a, you know, fundamentally like important institution that um, kind of is part of kind of the way we kind of manage our civilization um, or you're somewhere in the middle where you like maybe have a lifestyle business and you have your cash flow positive and you maybe have a small team and, and you're making good money and um, you're creating a lot of value from the world but maybe it doesn't scale as much. Um, but in all those cases, there's never like a case where like, oh, you work for a year and you become a millionaire. Like that just doesn't happen, right? Um, and, and I think that's a good thing, right? Like you should have to work, you know, several years, right? And to, especially when you're like in the VC, like Olympics, right? Like, I think you shouldn't be able to like create a unicorn in six months. Like that's just absurd and it makes no <laughs> sense, right? Like that's not like how um, really hard problems are solved. Um, and it's not like the right incentive structure. So I think tokens, although they've been like really incredible innovation, I think um, maybe have been used incorrectly um, and is maybe part of the blame for why, um, you know, we haven't seen like a lot of like these ideas and, and, and innovations being tried in, in Web3. Um, but I also think like a big part of it, probably honestly, the bigger part of it, 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 it's not really the incentive structure. It's probably just the fact that it's like so new and like a lot of like the primitives haven't been built yet. Yeah. Um, and a lot of the talent still isn't in the space, right? It's still the majority of like engineers. Um, and certainly most of the world's best engineers are still not in Web3, right? They're still like at the big tech companies or um, or in research labs or whatever um, they might be doing. Um, and so it's a very niche industry still. And so I think that kind of both those things combine or tell some story at least. Yeah, I, I, I definitely agree. Maybe jumping back to some of the technical aspects of Backpack, could you talk a little bit more uh, about the plugins, one from the like builder and engineering side, and then on the flip side, how that affects the end users? Yeah, so um, I mean, the idea is super simple, right? You can take a protocol like Metaplex or ERC721 on Ethereum, right? These protocols that tokenize this like record on the blockchain that says you own some piece of art, right? You're tokenizing an image. Like concretely, it's just like a, a record that has some um, URI to some off-chain storage like on IPFS or Arweave or if you want to be centralized S3 or something like that. Um, and you know you can take this primitive, right? But instead of pointing to like an image, you can point up point to a piece of code. Um, and it's the idea is really as simple as that, um, where you can um, what we've done concretely is like we basically built on top of Metaplex or can really be built on any type of metadata program um, where um, 
you know, we have some additional metadata on, on the application, um, but it's basically just like an off-chain JavaScript bundle um, that, you know, is being tracked on Solana or, or any blockchain. Um, and so when you load a backpack and it fetches all your token accounts, not only does it fetch your like tokens and your NFTs, but then it also fetches your applications or your XNFTs. Um, and when it detects that it's an XNFT, it loads it in a backpack, displays it in the right way. And then when you interact with it, um, it'll pull that code and then run that code. So it's very similar to a website, but instead of having, you know, DNS and, 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 and everything be running through like the traditional like browsers, um, everything is running through kind of these decentralized uh, networks that are tracking not only who owns it, but also like what's the canonical like address, right? Um, and this is like important for a bunch of different reasons, but like, you know, namely content integrity check. Um, so you can have like this end-to-end -end kind of secure um, experience. Um, and, you know, I think at the end of the day, what this like unleashes from the perspective of like the user, or, like the everyday person is like you have, you know, the ability now to transform the wallet into like this open platform, um, which means that you can have every protocol and every blockchain inside of a single user interface, right? So whether you want to build, um, you know, Magic Eden on Backpack or OpenSea on Backpack or your new marketplace on Backpack, um, if you want to create your new NFT protocol, a competitor to Metaplex, um, if you want to um, create some new kind of unique um, token gated experience, right? You now have access to like the most important part of the user experience um, and you can build kind of, um, and you can build for it, right? And I think that's a super important, um, super important problem to solve if we really care about this concept of like Web3 is this open permissionless ecosystem yeah. rather than rebuilding kind of what we already have in Web2. Yeah, very interesting. So, it's code that instead of pointing to a traditional like IPFS or something on chain, you're pointing to essentially an XNFT code, uh, code base. Yeah, except that code will like live on IPFS yeah. or, or okay. Arweave or interesting. Um, it, yeah, it's I like it. Very cool. Um, yeah, and the user aspect, I I always like I like explaining or. I think it's important to under explain the tech side of it, but then I always love to hear how like bringing it back to the user application, because one thing that I've also found in crypto more broadly is I think maybe just in some sense, because we're still going through the idea maze, a lot of it is tech for tech in some sense. Yeah, totally. And they forget about the users. And so I'm always <laughs> rejoice when I can like talk with someone and they're like, all right, this is the tech, this is how we're doing it. But ultimately at the end of the day, this is what the user impact is going to be because it's so important to kind of remind ourselves, I think what we're ultimately building for and what the end goal is. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I think, um, I think that's part of like also building different layers of abstraction. Yeah. Right. Um, I think, at least, you know, the Ethereum community started with this concept of like, you know, this world computer, right? Um, that was like a very low level, right? You have decentralized compute on um, on a blockchain. Um, but like slowly we've been like moving up up the stack, especially um, as like more and more problems get solved, right? So like, you know, Ethereum went the path of like L2s for scaling. Solana went the path of like, um, you, know, you know, monolithic, um, 
parallel transaction processing um, with heavier you know machines. Um, and as these like kind of low level problems get solved, it un they, it unlocks the ability to solve like the next layer of abstraction. Yeah. Right. And I think that's like kind of has to do with a lot of this. Right. So like we simply just haven't solved. The ordering matters, right? Yeah. Um, and it wasn't until recently that a lot of these like low level problems have been solved so that now we can solve these like higher level problems. That's um, a great point. I mean, and I think ultimately it's kind of why I've been so obsessive about figuring out or trying to understand the different technology stacks from like the base protocols. And why I've talked with a lot of like the L1 founders is to understand their point of view and why they're kind of making some of the trade-off decisions that they have because until you to your point until you saw that abstraction layer you, it's very hard for application engineers to actually create a product that even if it is find some amount of product for product market fit that it will scale um yeah maybe touching upon so you almost kind of describe backpack as like an operating system in some sense uh could you dive more into uh that yeah so i mean i think operating system is like maybe um it, it's a term that's like you know um directionally correct but not like exactly what it is right um it's an operating system in the sense that like okay it's a host for like code to run mm -hmm. right um and it has some like um shared resources that those pieces of code can access in the same way that like you know um applications on like mac os or windows can like access like your you know, your device drivers or the file system or whatever like syscall apis that you you might want to interact with and, and so from that perspective backpack is, is like it's definitely an operating system right where you can build these xnft applications that can access uh, not just the wallet but can access your your social graph it could access uh, cross-chain apis um, it could access um, these like you know other services that we're building like peer-to-peer -peer chat um, or, or, or other like social mechanics like um, like matchmaking if you want to have like um, a multiplayer gaming something um, it's a as a side note something I'm just like super excited about just like um, social gaming through backpack um, and so from this perspective yeah it's our operating system is like the right um, it's definitely the right mental model um, it's just like not like a it's not like a low level operating system in the same way that like you know Mac OS or, or, or Windows is, um, and I think um, kind of what we are trying to do is well provide a lot of these reusable developer APIs and primitives um, for people to really focus on solving problems at like the human level. Like what are the things that, what are the experiences people want, right? Rather than everybody having to reinvent like private key management or reinvent bridging mm -hmm. or reinvent, you know, messaging or reinvent username systems or reinvent like bilateral, like, you know, um, connections um, or reinvent like content and discovery, um, which I think is like a really important um, or content might not, 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 might not be the right word, but context is the right word. Um, I think maybe stepping back a moment I th and thinking about like, why is it hard to onboard people into crypto? Cause like we're all in crypto. We understand why it's so like magical and like so compelling and exciting. And I think like the word I would use is like context, um, uh, that is lacking for, 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 for from most people. So like, you know, if you want to know what's happening in crypto at any time, like, how do you know? Right. How do you know it's cool and useful and fun and exciting? Right. Well, the information is spread out across so many different kind of places on, online. Right. It's like you have Twitter. Right. You have crypto Twitter. You have 
Discord where all like the NFT communities hang out. You have Telegram where like a lot of like kind of like BD work and like kind of, uh, you know, connections are made. Um, you have like, you know, um, iMessage and Signal for like people that you might be closer with and, and friends where you might like kind of talk with. You know, you have like these conferences and events, things like our Basel and, um, and all of the, you know, um, social events and dinners and things that go on around that. Um, you have conferences um, that are more technical and where people might talk about like the future of, uh, of the network and the protocols and and you have all this stuff right um and it takes a long time to actually know like where to look right and to like build the habits of like all right i have like notifications for these people or i have like these chat rooms to like learn about these things or I have like these like kind of private telegram chats um where people are talking about alpha or these holders chats and these are like the right nfts to to, to play with because these communities are really awesome right uh, but if you like show your mom like a d god or like a board <laughs> ape right they're like well what is this why, why do i care about this it's like you know this art is like kind of like yeah it's fine it's like yeah. mediocre right but it's like you know it's like it's not like you know it, they're like why why am i going to spend like you know a hundred thousand dollars for this right it makes no <laughs> sense right um uh because there's all this context right and that's what makes that's art true. like um beautiful and art important right it's like all the cultural context um and all the depth um and complexity that it that is kind of um hidden behind kind of uh, the painting right and, and i think crypto and web3 is it's the exact same thing right there's all of this hidden um story storytelling that is naked um that is naked or sorry that 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 is um, unseen to the to, to the eye um and i think a lot of what we're trying to do is, is be able to provide a lot of that context um in the form of uh, of an application um and so i think that is like at least philosophically speaking um some of what we're trying to do it's amazing no it's definitely needed <laughs> uh there yeah it, i mean it, it has been interesting i mean a lot of engineers and I, I think you were tweeting about this recently ultimately and, and it could have just been bull market things people do funny things in bull markets but uh really just kind of copy pasta something that has either worked or semi worked and posted it on a layer another layer one or layer two and try to abstract or take something from eh, i'd like something incremental and then um deploy it and sometimes it gains traction but rarely does it actually have like meaningful long-term impact and so again i think it's super refreshing just with the vision of building for the long term and building the abstraction layer that makes it easier for one engineers but also users to come into the ecosystem yeah i think um the conversation around like copy copy pastaing protocols and applications different blockchains is always interesting because like um, on the one hand, people like see something that works and they're like, oh, you know, we, we, let's just redo that. Right. Because we've done it better. Right. We have like a faster L1. Let's just like copy all this stuff. Right. Um, and I think like that works in so far as like you have some 10x improvement somewhere. Um, so like maybe a good example of this is like Solana. So like Solana um, made like a, some trade offs on Ethereum. Right. Like, you know, the main one is, is um, you know. Uh, commodity laptop validation, right? Uh, Solana said, okay, like, well, we don't care if validators um, cost, you know, a couple thousand dollars instead of like a couple hundred dollars. Um, and from that, it got like, you know, 10, 100x, um, you know, maybe more, um, you know, uh, transaction processing like throughput. Um, and from that, you were able to, you know, have some new innovations like order books on a blockchain. Um, but other than like the order book and the, and the DeFi ecosystem that, that, 
evolved around the order book. You know, you saw a lot of the copy of Hossein, um come into Solana, right? So like yeah. all, all the wallets are like maybe a good example. Like um, I think like most of the wallets that were built, they're mostly like the same as like wallets and other ecosystems. I think like some teams like, you know, did um, have brought a lot of like um, compelling UI UX innovation. Yeah. Um, but ultimately, there's like nothing new that happened in the wallet ecosystem um, and not much new that happened kind of um, w- with like kind of other parts of the ecosystem, like AMMs or AMMs, yield farms or yield farms. Like we've seen all that stuff on Ethereum and other other blockchains before. Um, but, you know, when you have this like kind of new like 10x innovation, right, you, you then get other stuff, right? You get like things like Candy Machine, um, where you can have like these mints that sell out kind of in a couple minutes, right? Yeah. Um, because the the blockchain goes so fast. Um, and I think like, you know, once you kind of like saturate some of these, like low, the, some of the low hanging fruit, right? Where you're like, okay, you build an NFT marketplace, um, you build a wallet, um, you build an NFT protocol, um, you build like, you know, um, you know, but you build DeFi, um, it becomes really hard to like innovate beyond that. And it's really painful, right? Sure. Um, because people don't want to take the risks, right? They don't want to be wrong. Um, they don't want to like raise money, hire a team only to kind of, you know, fail and to um, think that they were, um, you know, you know th- that they were wrong the entire time, right? Um, but I think you kind of need to take that leap of faith if you really want to be like a founder that's like working on new kind of um, innovative things. Um, and so, yeah, I think like, Copy passing multi chain is like really easy, um, and you know innovating and new ideas are really hard, um, and it's really as simple as that. I fully agree. It's yeah. The the other thing that I really admire about builders is, is exactly that the taking kind of the bet on you and the team that you build and trying something new because again it's it's super hard and there will be million people ultimately telling you all the reasons why it won't work and i admire the people that are like no this is my vision this is what we're trying to accomplish and being relentless about trying to make that work it it's not easy and so uh kudos ultimately um one thing that i've always thought was funny uh i think you guys have done so right now uh you guys are still kind of closed uh beta uh how I think it's been very entertaining ultimately. And I think you guys have been very successful at this about like um, getting people involved and building a very good early stage community. Could you talk about some of that process and maybe how important that is even compared to like a traditional company that's not um, more crypto native? Yeah, I think um, so there's a bunch of things like tease apart there, right? There's like, well, strategically, how do you like, Build, get the snowball rolling and how do you build the, the the community there's like you know maybe the mechanics of like how we're actually doing it ourselves and then maybe there's like what's innovative or new and different about you know web3 um, products versus like web2 products I think like maybe starting there is pretty useful I think like um, I somebody said this once on like it was like a podcast or or it was crypto Twitter or something but it, it really stuck with me um, which is to say that like Crypto is like as much of a cultural movement as it is a technological movement. Um, And like, I really like believe that kind of like in my bones. Um, And so kind of my view of of like, well, how do we build product and how do we build, um, you know, community and backpack is kind of like always through this, this lens. Um, And so the approach that we've taken, I think has been like very different from like basically all the other wallets on Solana and that, um, 
we don't want to just like be like kind of another corporation or just like another startup, right? Um, we want to be like a, like a fundamental part of, of, of Solana and crypto in general. And we want um, to like be accessible to people and, and get product feedback and, and have people be a part of the journey with us, right? Whether that's getting people into the beta program, whether that's, you know, hanging out with them kind of at conferences or whether that's getting on calls with them, understanding their pain points um, uh, and, and kind of getting product feedback from them. Um, I think like a lot of these things are things that people already do when they're building products, right? You have this whole like product development cycle of like, you know, uh, ship into the world, get feedback, um, you know, course correct based on feedback and then ship something new in the world. Um, but I think the intent is always very different. The story is very different. Um, and although like the words might say the same, be the same, like the way in which you say them um, and like where you're coming from internally, it's like very, it, it emerges, I think, um, when you say those words. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's kind of like philosophically speaking, like where um, we differ, I think, quite a lot from from a lot of the other companies in the space and that, yeah, we're, we're, we're a startup. We want to make money. We want to have huge outsized impact on the world and have like great returns for our investors um, because that's what our investors are there for. And that's kind of what we're trying to optimize for. Um, but I think that we can do that in a way that's um, like community first. And that I think like some of the best things um, that will kind of, you know, impact the world are also going to be, uh, and optimize for like value creation are also going to be things that are like, just like good for the world and people are excited about. Um, and so this is like kind of the philosophy and where we're coming from. And then the question is well, like, well, mechanically speaking, how do you do this? Right. Um, and a lot of, a big part of it is messaging, right. A, a big part of it is just like being there, um, whether it's in discord or telegram or in person at events, um, and just like, you know, doing stuff with people, right. Just like being a normal human being. Um, <laughs> it's sometimes hard right? to do in crypto. <laughs> hard to do in crypto. Um, but other parts of it are much more concrete. Like the fact that we're open source, yeah. um, I think it's a big part to it, right? You can like go, and, and although we have a private beta program, you can go to GitHub, um, download the source code and build it yourself. Or we actually just have builds that you can just take. Um, so you don't even have to build it yourself and you could just run backpack and, and anyone can do it. Right. Um, and anybody can open a PR um, or file an issue and open a discussion or debate on the direction that we should take the product. Right. Um, and I think this is like really important to us, um, not only from the perspective of community building and making people feel like they have access to the product and access to influence the direction it goes in. Um, but also from the perspective of just, you know, um, being uh, like, okay, there's like being like a part of Solana and being part of the ecosystem, but maybe like more importantly, there's like keeping companies true to their word. Um, and I think when you're open source and you can like see the way the sauce is made, um, and you're kind of exposed to the whole world, right? Um, you no longer can hide behind like the corporate veil, um, which I think a lot of companies do, right? They maybe have a terms of service and a privacy policy, um, and they might like say they're doing something, but they might like say it in like kind of a obscure way, right? But when you can actually see the code, um, it's it's very different, right? And you can see the data that people are collecting about you. You can see like how they might be using and abusing your privacy, um, or they might be selling you um, selling you out for um, you know some short term gain instead of playing the long term um, uh, instead of playing the long term game. Um, and I think this 
is like maybe a, a really important part of Web3. It's like if you simply just throw out all of the blockchain and all of like the, the crypto um, fairy dust um, and you just have open source, um, I think that is like just a super important kind of mindset and cultural shift yeah. um, that the space has taken that I think changes the world. Um, and I think, you know, what Coral and Backpack is trying to do like as a company and a product is really embrace that. Um, and I think if you're not embracing it, then um, it's you're not really, you know, fulfilling kind of the promise of, of Web3. Yeah. Now, ultimately, I mean, one of the reasons why I was so excited about crypto is uh, kind of the open source nature and really like how, in my opinion, it can supercharge your product uh, by allowing people to open pull requests by uh, doing, um, being able to add commentary and really kind of use that community aspect to kind of slingshot the product forward uh, combined with ultimately if everything is kind of in one ecosystem, the composable nature and how kind of that compounding um, innovation of just being able to kind of plug and play in some sense uh, stacks on each top of each other. Uh, it's hard, it's hard to outcompete that I think in the long term. Yeah, I think, and I think we're already starting to see this like kind of story play out with backpack where um, I think probably today we probably have more features than any other kind of wallet on Solana, at least on, on desktop, uh, mobile, we're still behind. Um, and we're seeing this because we're just seeing a lot of PRs from people, right? Um, like some kind of recent examples, um, like the other maybe a couple weeks ago, um, maybe more closer, like a month or two ago, the hyperspace team, they build an NFT marketplace aggregator on Solana. They messaged me and they're like, hey, like um, we um, are working with the Cardinal team. They built this um, royalty enforcing protocol. Um, how do we get this in a backpack, right? Because there's like some different instructions that you have to invoke from the from the wallet side to transfer those NFTs. Um, and they're like, great, send us the code and like open a PR, like you know, it's, go for it. Um, they sent us the code, and then I think um, uh, Gajesh opened a PR for this. Um, uh, as a side note. Shout out to Gajesh, 14-year-old Indian uh, uh, programmer uh, prodigy that's just been like all over the place, just like opening PRs and contributing to open source on Solana. He's a total stud. Um, but, you know, long story short, like, you know, now we have royalty enforcing NFTs uh, in the wallet, right? Uh, we have an open PR right now for like compressed NFTs. Um, I think, uh, you know, there's just a lot of you know, examples of this type of thing. Somebody um, is working on Firefox support right now. Um, you know, just a lot of these like details that are, are really important um, that a lot of teams might just might not prioritize because they're not super important for them, but they might be really important for other companies that depend on the product. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, I think Anatoly said this once on Twitter to me when I was like, um, you know, debating like, you know, should should projects be open source or not? Like, should a wallet be open source? And he said something that was like really, um, really eye opening to me, which is that he said that, well, if developers are willing to work on your product and they're willing to contribute for free, that is a form of product market fit. Um, and if they're doing that, then like, you know, th that's a sign that you should keep doing what you're doing. And when he said that, that like really changed my view on 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 you know VC backed companies being open source, yeah. um, and I think like you know that's definitely like starting to play out with with the wallet. Yeah. 
No, it's uh, it's fascinating to watch, and ultimately, I I love the approach that the backpack team is taking. Maybe a couple of final questions um, for engineers uh, that I would say are interested or want to learn more about Packback or why they should build back. What would your answer uh, be to them? And then for people that are either on the beta or want to download backpack, when will you guys uh, be open? So first question is a little easier to answer. So um, the goal to um, come out of the private beta, maybe into a public beta, um, is going to be to correspond with our NFT collection. Um, so we're doing um, a, a 10K profile pick collection. It's gonna be the one collection. Um, and we're not doing it really for the sake of doing an NFT collection, although there's like a lot of like awesome stuff with NFTs. Um, you know, there's community, there's hype. I'm super excited about all that. But really the motivation behind the project is gonna be the first example of a digital of an XNFT as a digital collectible. So when you get this NFT, um, you get these 10,000 unique pieces of artwork, um, but you will also get um, the applications, the unique applications that are associated with those artwork that are mm-hmm. kind of like bound to the artwork themselves. So when you open up the artwork inside a backpack, um, you know, you will get the entire kind of experience. The first thing that we're going to do is like um, hold a holder's chat and like Twitter spaces. You'll just do that all directly in, in, awesome. inside of the application. So, you know, you'll get notifications through kind of uh, the project, um, like announcing when things are happening. You'll have, you know, private like, you know, holder chats in there, maybe some sub DAOs in there, um, maybe some like Twitter spaces in there. Um, and then we'll slowly like kind of grow the this kind of like community hub that we build um, and it'll all be done through the through the XNFT. Um, and the hope is really to do to use this collection for product development um, so that we can like figure out well, like what is really compelling for our community and how mm-hmm. do we like build amazing stuff for them. Um, and then hopefully we can bring those experiences to other NFT projects on Solana um, so that you don't have to be like, you know, a developer to like access a lot of this cool stuff. So really want to like use this kind of um, opportunity to build a collection to do um the entire experience through it, right? Whether it's the whitelist, whether it's the minting experience, or whether it's all of the digital experiences that one would experience um, through the collection uh, all inside a backpack. So um, we're working on the artwork right now, really kind of figuring out like how to make it special, how to make it different. I think the artwork, um, it's really high quality. Um, I did not make any of the artwork myself, so I can't take any credit for it. Um, but I'm super excited about it. It's going to be different for sure. Awesome. Um, so yeah, super pumped about that. Um, you know, art takes time. So we'll roughly, you know, January is like kind of what we're shooting for. Mm-hmm. Um, but we'll see kind of how that plays out. Um, so that's, you know, a bit about that. In terms of like, you know, what is the pitch I would make to developers and like why they should, why they should use the app? Um, you know, I think like, it basically boils down to a couple things. Um, you know, I think like the first reason to use it is the fact that, well, if you're going to build a company um, that depends on another company or another product, right? Um, you need to feel like you have the ability to like, kind of like influence the direction of, of that, right? This is why most people use open source and Web3, right? This is why things like React or, you know, Kubernetes or, you know, um, you know Linux, you know, this is why these things have become so big, right? Is because, well, all these other companies came, 
can conform conform around these open source products or protocols and, and think, well, you know, if if this company is like not doing something um, that resonates with me or or if, if I need a feature that they currently don't have and they don't have bandwidth to implement, I can just like open a PR for it. Right. Yeah. So if you're going to have this dependency from one company to another company, um, I think it's really important that, you know, if you're going to be self-sufficient, you need to have access to to that product. Right. Um, and so that's like maybe the first and maybe most important and maybe most pragmatic pitch I would make to developers, which is to say that, like, yeah, if you're going to depend uh, on a wallet and you're not going to build your own, um, you need to be able to open a PR and add features that are going to like um, that are going to be critical to your user experience um, in I'll do you one more, right? You don't even have to open up a PR, just create an XNFT, right? Um, and you could have that user experience right inside of the most important part of uh, the Web3 kind of user experience. Um, so that's probably like the first kind of like pitch I would make. Um, I think like, you know, there's a bunch of other things I could talk about. Um, you know, we're probably gonna, you know, try to have every protocol on every blockchain inside of a single user interface, native bridging, um, a bunch of like, you know, convenient developer APIs. Um, I think the social kind of component is like one of the big kind of value adds that's going to be really new and unique uh, to to the application um, in the sense that like, yeah, you can just access like your cross-chain like user identity. You can access your profile pic. You can access like your your connections. And and if you're like making a game, you can create a lobby and matchmaking and, and play with your friends. Yeah. Um, and these are all kind of like APIs that you could hook into. Um, and I think this is like maybe one of the other kind of like big value propositions that we want to bring to developers. Um, and yeah, I think maybe that's what I would lead with if if that conversation were to come up. Perfect. No, uh, lovely put. Well, no, I, ultimately, uh, I, I'm just super excited uh, about what you and the Backpack team are building. Uh, I want to thank you for all your contributions to uh, the Solana ecosystem uh, and more holistically now taking the human first approach uh, to building. Um, so yeah, thank you for your time. I really appreciate the conversation and uh, I've really enjoyed it. Is there anything uh, before we wrap up that we miss or that you want to touch upon? Yeah, I would say nothing. Support your developers, follow us on Twitter. Um, yeah. Cool. Well, thank you again, Armani. I uh, really appreciate it. And I know people will be excited to uh, listen to this. Yeah, awesome. thanks. Thanks.